This is the Oil Country Podcast. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to episode 38 now of the Oil Country Podcast Season 1. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. As always, I am your host, John, from Edmonton, Alberta. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, I feel like we haven't talked in a long time, even though we just dropped an episode like three days ago. Are you kidding me? I feel like you're never out of my life. <laughs> you just can't can't get rid of your hand. I'm just like, I can't get enough Kyle in my life. I, I feel like you're just like an extra muscle on my body. Yeah. <laughs> but like not a like productive one. It's just like exactly. a leech muscle. Just yeah. Like like taking like, all your energy. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. You summed me up very well. I feel I feel good about that, to be honest. I'm proud. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I, no, I, I, I honestly, I think I'm more like of a leech onto you. I kind of just hang on to the show and just give my own opinion. Oh, you run the ship. So. Too real, man. Aww. It was all yeah. fun and dandy. And now, <laughs> now we're getting real into our working relationship. Is this what we're going to do to start the episode? <laughs> no, no. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm just trying to recover after that uh, terrible performance that we had to watch in Arizona. But, uh, but still, I guess I'm still okay. I'm still happy because the Oilers have been on a, a good streak so far this 2020. I really wasn't as bummed about that loss as, as you or a lot I of was, people. Like, I, I was upset it, about the start but more than anything. And then I thought yeah, that they fought enough. back, but we just couldn't do anything. Yeah. We are getting super ahead of ourselves here. That's going to be later on the episode. We're going to talk about that Arizona game. We do have some things. We forgot last episode to give our ticket giveaway away. So giveaway away. Oh, that sounded good. Um, so we are going to do that as well. And we haven't gotten very many text lines other than the entries. So remember, everybody, you can send into our text line any questions, comments, concerns about the show. Hopefully you don't have any concerns. Or if you do, like, just stop listening, I guess. Like, not that I want you to do that, but you shouldn't be listening to a podcast you have concerns about. Anyways, I am feeling ranty today, and I haven't even done the smelling salt yet. That number is 587-415-2894. But getting back to that giveaway, we do want to thank everybody for your entries. We had a lot more entries this month than we had in previous ones. A lot of entries from Reddit and the text line more so than previous months. That was awesome. But without further ado, the winner to those tickets to the February 21st game is, I'm going to butcher this name, I'm sorry, from our text line, Riddick Cope, Copey. Cope? I don't fucking know. Um, sorry for butchering your name, but we are going to send out a text on Thursday today when you guys are listening to this and make sure we transfer those tickets over to you. So you just won two tickets to the February 21st game against the Minnesota Wild, and that's a Friday night game. So pretty fucking jealous, to be honest. But yeah, anyways, congratulations, and thank you very much for everyone else for entering, and best of luck in our future giveaways. Before we get into the hockey talk, and we're going to kind of take a little bit of a look around the league before we get into the Oilers talk specifically, we do have one more housekeeping thing to do, and I'm going to get fired up for this ad read because I do have to take my smelling salt because the Oilers lost, and why not get fired up about it and you know maybe do a little more enthusiastic job than we typically do, or stumble over all of my words and absolutely butcher this. So I'm sorry, my bookie, if it turns out poorly. I'm not excited for the smelling salt. I kind of liked them at the start, and then I think I overdid it, and I'm not a big fan. I hope it's funny, because if it's not, I'm just torturing myself for no reason. <laughs> I do not feel bad I for I kind of find it funny anyway, so I don't really care. I'm just like, uh, I'm a comedian for myself. I don't even know what I'm going to say for this ad read, but I'm just going to let the smelling salts take over. Okay, fuck, here we go. Oh! <coughs> 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 
so funny every time I listen to you do that. <laughs> I drooled. Ugh. It sounds like you throw up every time. I know. We actually had a listener that thought I threw up, and I was like, no, I gagged a little bit. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay, everybody. The Super Bowl has come and gone. If you're anything like me, you lost nine out of your 10 bets on the Super Bowl, but that's okay because it was just a little bit of money. But anyways, there's still a ton of sports to bet on. You've got basketball, trade deadline coming up, playoffs coming up. Obviously the same thing about the NHL. Premier League, I don't know. Soccer's probably going still. I have no idea. I don't care about soccer. Tennis, I don't know. You can bet on it if it is though. There's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge tennis championship right now. <laughs> I sound like a crack addict. <laughs> Keep oh, going, Jesus. buddy. Oh. What was the big what was the big tennis championship called? I don't know what the fuck it's, it's called. I don't right watch now. that shit. Well, you can't come in with the facts and then okay. Well, whatever that tennis championship is, I'm sure you have a feeling who's gonna win. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. My is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets on that awesome tennis matchup that's coming up tomorrow or next week or in three months, <laughs> my bookie's where you want to go. Tennis isn't your thing? No worries. My bookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League. Did I mention tennis? You can bet on tennis there. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. Sorry, give me a second. I'm, I'm running out of gas. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. You think two people are going to win at tennis? Bet on both of them. Parlay those wagers. Let your bet multiply and get a bigger payout. My bookie has more lines, better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a grand. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get a thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code THPN to activate that offer. Once again, promo code THPN while you deposit your cash and you will get that extra free play money. My bookie, bet, win, get paid. Fucking nail it. Man, the beginning of that ad read had so much energy and then it <laughs> just started dialing down so hard. I, I liked it though. I liked it. That was that was awesome. I'll always enjoy when you rip some uh, fucking smelling salts on air. It's super funny, dude. It's the only good thing about the Oilers losing, to be honest. Watch this. Like, it's going to come out in 10 years that this, these things fucking cause cancer or something. I'm going to be like, well, is it enjoyable that was to do? Really I really mistake. have no interest in getting them. It, no, it, it burns. I'm here. You've got to get them. I'm going to make you. <sighs> Since we're not in the same location, though, I feel like it would also be super easy for you to be like, oh, it burns so bad and just never do them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally got some. I need video evidence when you do them. We'll only do it when we do interviews where we're talking to each other on camera there. This is the Smelling Salt podcast, though, so we're going to talk about ammonia inhalants for the next probably about an hour. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the hockey. Let's talk that hockey. What, what is... Let's do what that hockey. Say? Yeah, thank you. Is it Chance? No, it's not Chance. Yeah, it's Chance the Rapper, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Maybe uh, we sound yes. like the whitest guys ever right now. I think it's I don't know. Anyways, let's do that hockey. <laughs> you know what's sad? I kind of want to do another smelling salt, but I'm not going to because I have willpower. Anyways, do it. some do good it. news. Do it. Do it. Do it. The legend Ryan Smith was inducted into the IIHF Hall of Fame. 
really should be no surprise whatsoever. I mean, the guy won gold medals with Team Canada, 1995 World Juniors, 2002 Winter Olympics, 2003 World Championships, 2004 World Championships, 2004 World Cup, Canada's all-time leader in games played. I think he's, yeah, he's 10th in scoring with 31 points. The only sad thing is, is they missed the playoffs a lot, which is kind of the reason why he's the all-time leader in games played. But anyways, that doesn't take away for what Smitty did and that Captain Canada nickname is obviously very well-deserved. Yeah, I don't know. Did you have anything to add on there, Kyle? Sorry, well, I was just going to like touch on it briefly unless you want to say something. Uh, no, not for Smitty there. I mean, congratulations, obviously, for that induction. Yeah, no, and that that's completely fair. I mean, it's not anything we super need to break down, but obviously a huge heart and soul guy for this franchise and nice to see him get some recognition. Obviously, you know, unfortunately he never won a Stanley cup, but still had a very, very successful career. And I know I've met Smitty a couple of times and he's obviously like as most NHL players are, but he's an absolute stand up guy. Both times I've met him super friendly chat about anything you want to chat about. So kudos to him and, and much, you know, well, well-deserved for sure. But there was one thing Kyle and I, you know, while we're looking, taking a look around the league as well. Another thing we wanted to talk about yeah, is Alex, Alexander Ovechkin, man. Like Kyle actually pointed this out to me. I missed the highlights, but fucking natural hat trick. Yeah. Yesterday playing the Kings, he, he didn't get a shot for the first 53 minutes and 50 seconds. And then he got five shots and he scored three goals on those five shots. Uh, and those three goals were in four minutes and 27 seconds. Those goals put him in the league lead. They were his his 38th, 39th, and 40th goals. So with those three goals, that puts him up to 14 in the last seven games. And in those seven games, he's had three hat tricks, which ties him fifth all-time for hat tricks with Phil Esposito, which in itself is crazy. With the goal that made the hat trick too, with his 40th goal, he takes the second place all time for 40 goal seasons with 11. And he himself, since January 9th, has more goals than any other player has points other than Kucherov. He's also the ninth player ever to score 30 goals, or sorry, 40 goals while being 34 plus. Keep dropping those stats. I'm almost like, there. Absolutely insane. What a freak. Absolutely insane, man. Like, to think that this guy isn't going to catch Gretzky, like he's getting on pace. Well, let's let's go there. So he could get sixty this year. He could actually get there if he continues on he's how on pace he is. for sixty-two yeah. goals this year. Like it's absolutely stupid. So let's. I, I kind of want to have a discussion. I feel like you and I will both agree here, but when you sent me that stat, I wanted to look into it a little bit more and actually instead of just being like, "Yeah, Ovechkin's awesome at scoring goals. He's going to pass Gretzky." I wanted to like really get some, not even stats to back myself up, but just to make sure that that's actually a good take. And so he is currently, I mean, he's 196 off. He's 34 years old. And one of the big things is he's been so good into his 30s. I mean, you look at what he's done. And if he gets 50 this year, assuming he will, he's like we said, he's on pace for 62 goals. He's going to have... 50 goal seasons, three of the six years. And the other three seasons, he scored 49, 40, and 33. Like, it's not like he's having down years. So I'm curious, Kyle, because everybody, you're kind of waiting for the drop-off, right? Like, I, I, it made me think of when Tom Brady won, I think, his fourth Super Bowl. Like a lot of fans, I was like, okay, that's going to be his last one. Like, boy, did I look foolish. And he's just still so young, though, like... 
and and that's the thing where I don't I don't want to I don't want to bet like I don't want to go against Ovechkin because it's just like every every like he, he keeps proving that he's not slowing down mostly is a beneficiary because he has just the wicked shot right like he he does have a physical presence and for sure like he's a force on on the breakout or, or whatever and like but, a good skater he, for his size and all that yeah he's exactly. like mostly a threat from standing in the top of that circle and just wiring it home right or or just being a presence in front of the net with his body and for sure he continues to do that and i don't think that that's going to go away and he continues to stay in that peak physical condition he he has that russian gas that he uses probably back home in moscow right so <laughs> uh, but i mean he is only and 34 is he, he turns 35 games. at the beginning of next season yeah he doesn't miss games he's an iron man i just don't see him slowing down still for another two three seasons where he starts to put in less goals but even then he gets close and and who thinks that he doesn't get out of this uh, out of this league until he's like 40 like i really don't think that he has or is gonna leave this this league um, until he catches that record. He he is close. Like that hundred and sorry, you said ninety six, eighty six, one ninety six, right? Yeah, now. like one hundred ninety six goals. Like that's a lot for sure. Like that's nothing to scoff at. But yeah. he can easily be in the league for six plus years. Like Yager's forty seven right now. He was out two years ago, and although he wasn't competitive at the end, like if he's within twenty goals, thirty goals at the point where he's 40 like there's no way that he wouldn't stay around for oh, another year or two sticking around yeah. for sure assuming he's still healthy and someone in the nhl will sign him i i'd guarantee if he gets within that he'll play until he gets it but you know i took a look at the guys ahead of him on that list obviously i'm just going to do a very quick rundown because i know everybody we obviously want to talk about the oilers but i feel like it's just he's such a fun player to talk about so we can't skip over this so Gretzky did most of his scoring in his 20s, obviously throughout the 80s, right? He never scored 40 after turning 30, which was wild to me. I knew he didn't have a ton of high scoring seasons later on in his career, but I figured there'd be at least like a 40 or 50 goal season in there. But anyways, so there wasn't. Gordie Howe played a million seasons and it was a long time ago. Including unretiring. Yes, it's not really a fair comparison to Ovechkin. It's just so different. Yager was probably the closest comparison just with like era-wise Scored 50 at 33, then 30 goals at the age of 34, and then never broke 30 again. So Ovechkin's already surpassed him at 34. Yager would have had a chance if he wouldn't went to the KHL. I know you have a lot there. Just... For sure. But still, even like even at 34, Yager wasn't producing like Ovechkin is now. Totally agreed. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Hull never scored 50 goals after the age of 30, but he did score 43 goals at the age of 31, 42 at 32. And he's kind of an outlier scoring 30 three times after 35 compared to everybody else on the list, minus obviously whatever Ovechkin does. Dion scored 50 at 30, 56 at 31, 46 at 33, and never broke 40 again. But those all those are also all through like very high scoring 80s years, right? So take that kind of with a grain of salt too. Nothing against him, but these, I mean, these are all legends. I'm not being disrespectful here. Esposito scored 53 times after 30, but was born during World War II. So again, not really a best comparable there. Gardner scored 43 times after 30, but never after 33. Bossy's one that it's really too bad because he would have been probably one of the best comparables. Scored 50 goals nine times before he was 30 and then played his last game at 30 because he had huge back issues. So he's tied with Gretzky for amount of 50 goal seasons. Ovechkin's one off them. 
and Ovi's put up 50 in three of his last six years. Sorry, if assuming he does that. I said after 30, but the one would have been when he was 29. But you get my drift anyways. And so let's just hypothetically look at this from a math perspective a little bit more. I know I'm spitting a lot of numbers at everybody. So let's assume he scores 60 this year. So 20 more goals. Currently on pace for 62. Then he gets another 50-goal season next year. So he's 126 off at age 36 at that point. So then you're seeing this drop where like these guys will get, after they drop, they'll get like 30-ish, 20s to 30s. So let's say he has two more seasons at 30. He's at the age of 38 with 66 goals left. Those are obviously loose projections. But do you think think that happens? As long as he stays healthy, I really do. And that's the biggest thing. So Yeah, I think he can go play in the KHL and have his glory days back in Russia after he takes that record. And it could be sooner than later, right? Like, he could easily do that before he's 40. On the pace he's at right now, he could. I agree with you. Just to play devil's advocate here, I want to bring up one issue that could potentially happen. So Ovechkin early on in his career and has since reaffirmed this, was very clear about his goals. Wants to win a Stanley Cup, check. Wants to earn an Olympic gold medal, just like his mother did, which hasn't happened. So in 2022, his contract is up the summer before. Do you think there's any chance if the NHL doesn't go to the Olympics that he's going to say, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to go play in the KHL for a year, go to the Olympics, and then I'll sign when I'm 37. Okay, well, the first part of that question, I think there's no way in hell that the NHL doesn't go to the next Olympics. So let's let's just assume if they don't, though, based off the info we have right now. As of right now, they're not going to the Olympics. If they don't, the Olympics still happen every four years. Russia is going to continue to be a powerhouse of a team in the Olympics because they have the KHL and those professional players to feed from. But what if, so the next point, Ovechkin's going to be 42 for the 2026. And what if the NHL goes then? He's not winning a gold medal. Probably not anyways. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But And again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't disagree with you. I, I just see, I do see Ovechkin getting that goal record by the time he's 40. I mean, it, this this year is an outlier, right? Or not even an outlier, my God, sorry. But like, like when it, when is he going to stop, right? Like he's still on pace to get another 20 goals, right? So that that cuts that lead down dramatically another another 176 right so if he can put up three four more 40 goal seasons which he i think is very capable of then like he's he's right there like i i think he could get it by 40 41 and then be able to go when he, by the time he's 42 into the next one i i do think that having gretzky's goal record and being kind of established as like the greatest goal scorer of all time because that is what he will be with that record there's no fighting it So I'm going to say this right now, and obviously, I mean, we're Oilers fans. We have the utmost respect and are big fans of Wayne Gretzky. But I will say it right now, I hope he breaks Gretzky's goal record just because I think that's such a cool thing to watch. And it's a record that a lot of people thought was untouchable. So for a guy to do that, one is just just an awesome sports story. And two, even if he doesn't, I think Ovechkin's the best goal scorer of all time. I think he already is. Agreed. And I mean, you could argue, like, I'd say, you know, Gretz is obviously two. But I mean, you could even say Bossy's in there. Like I mentioned, right? Like, 
put up the same amount of 50 goal seasons through his 20s just like Gretzky did. And I'm not trying to like shit on Gretzky here at all. Like, I mean, fuck, the guy's got more assists than anyone has points. Like, enough said. I think just comparable to like era wise, right? As you said before, it's 80s hockey and not to take away that they're they're not superstars and legends, right? But just this era with kind of goaltending and and the level they're at and the training that every player has, like the defenders, the training that they get put into the the um, the skill level in the NHL now compared to what it once was, right? Like to to put up those kind of numbers in today's era is kind of just another thing altogether, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. So. You know, and it's, it is nuts. And like, I think that's the one thing, obviously it was easier to score in the eighties, but the one thing that's actually gone to Ovechkin's advantage compared to other players that didn't play in the eighties either is scoring is finally starting to go up again, just as he's reaching that age where theoretically he should decline. Right. So that is kind of one advantage, not making, not saying like, that's the only reason he's doing this. I think it's because he's an absolute fucking specimen. But that's part of it, I think. And yeah, I'm just, my big question is like, you know, the fall off is going to happen. Like it happened to Yager, who was an absolute specimen. It ha- it's ha- it happens to everybody. That's just it, It's going to biology. happen. He just has that gap where like, honestly, if he stayed till he's 45, he could put up consistent 25, 30 goal seasons and, and reach it. It's just how long he wants to stay in the NHL. He will get there. There will be a point by the time Ovechkin hits 40, that he is a 15-goal scorer. Like, he'll be a power play specialist. For sure. Especially with how much faster the game is. So it's just like, does that happen at 40, or does it happen at 36, is my question. I don't think it happens at 36, but time will tell. Like, like looking at these stats is a big thing where it was like, you see a guy, like, literally putting up 50 or 45 goals, and then, like, a lot of them the next year is, like, 13. And it's like, or a lot of them were also, like, 30, and it was a more gradual, but it's not like it was like, oh, you score 60, then you score 55, and then you score 50, like... It was fifty, and then like thirty was kind of the next best. I just, th- I just think it's somewhat realistic to to think that he could put up at least two more seasons of like thirty to forty goals, which puts him at For sure. at a hundred goals or less where he's fighting under. Yeah. And just again, just depending on how long he personally wants to stay in the NHL, I think he'll he will get there. Like it's just a matter of time. I think so too. And my roommate was stupid enough to bet me fifty bucks saying he wouldn't do what it. What a so dummy! He's gonna pay you I'll, that in like six years. I'll be collecting that in like six years. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Yeah. I demand interest too. <laughs> He honestly wouldn't even give me odds either. And he was so cocky about him not getting there. So I was like, screw you, man. Like, give me odds then. Like, I'll throw whatever on this. I'm a degenerate. But anyways, let's uh, let's move on from the Ovechkin talk. Coming up, everybody, we've got, we're going to touch on the Darnell Nurse contract rumors as well as the Edmonton Oilers game, obviously, against the Arizona, I just said Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes on Tuesday night. Stay tuned, everybody. So can we talk about Darnell first? Because I really just yeah. want to oh, glaze yeah. over this fucking Arizona game because that was just piss poor performance <laughs> to watch. I know you don't think it was as bad, but that first 20 minutes, man, by getting four shots, like it just, eh. I was going in there excited after beating, you know, the defending champs in St. Louis and then taking on the Calgary Flames and the performance we put against them. Uh, I was stoked. Hopefully we're going to get a huge, well, not huge, but a, a bigger point gap on the, the Coyotes. We would have had four points at that point. Now we're only a, a point ahead of them, right? And and uh, the Pacific Conference is, again, like a one-point race. So that was a bigger game, I think, than, uh, than it needed to be. I agree yeah. with everything you said. 
I just like how you came out of that transition. Can we please talk about the Darnell nurse thing? Because I want to go to Arizona. <laughs> and I said, absolutely. For and sure, then I just ranted like about the And Arizona then you game. proceed to talk about the Arizona game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking about how frustrated I was about it. No, you don't have to be sorry, man. I'm not mad. I'm, I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Okay. Well. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to talk about the okay, Arizona Okay, let's talk game? about the Arizona game. Let's talk about it. No, no. We're talking about nerfs. Okay. Oh, fuck you. You made your commitment. God damn it. Okay. okay so okay. rumors came out. Again, rumors being the keyword here. Sorry, I'm not trying to get frustrated or be condescending, but it was pandemonium amongst oil country that rumors came out that Darnell Nurse was seeking an $8 million AAV to match Jacob Truba, which honestly is not surprising at all. Like, it's bullshit, but why wouldn't you? Like, if you were in his shoes and you are you have an agent trying to get you paid as much as you want, like, it's just the starting number. And I, I honestly, like, I'm not even concerned. There's no way Ken Holland is going to sign him to eight, an $8 million contract. And if it's $8 million or more, I will literally eat a sock on this podcast. I swear to God, I will. This is going to come back to our very first episodes where we talked about arbitration and kind of wanting it to go to more to the MLB structure because it, it just comes down to what you said, right? Like nurse and his agent are going to obviously start highballing what they want the contract to be. I will. Well, it's just, you got to leave yourself a wiggle room, right? It's like, and it's like when you sell something on Kijiji, do you sell something for the price you want for it? Or do you pop 50 bucks onto it? So you have a little wiggle room. I, th- there's no way in hell that that contract gets signed at eight million. I know there was also the rumors of it being a bridge. Yeah, the Bob Father came out on Insider Trading on TSN, and I'm paraphrasing here, but said likely solution to that is a two year deal with Darnell Nurse, maybe less than six million dollars. And he also reiterated that a lot of Oilers fans are probably going to be like, well, but that takes him right to UFA, which it does, which is unfortunate. But he also thinks that you look at the core. And how close they are together. And Darnell probably wants to stay here for a long time. I, I think that's reasonable, right? If he's asking for $8 million, he doesn't fucking want to stay here. You don't know that. Like, look at Cassian, man. He didn't take less money. And, like, I'm not excusing that. But, like... I would say that Cassian has been somewhat of a solution to McDavid's wing. Where, like, people say that anybody can play there with McDavid, but that's proven that that isn't a solution. Wood guy would disagree with you. I I know that. I mean, not necessarily. He was just more posting the stats. But But just saying, like, I don't think Nurse is a fucking $8 million defender. I think that's just a joke. No one does. But again, that's the thing is, like, I I don't think that's a, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, he doesn't really want to be here if he's asking for eight, right? Like, yeah, but are you telling me Cassian went and asking for five? Maybe. Fuck, maybe he asked for four. I don't know. Like, I, probably not. Yeah. Sorry to answer your question. Like, most likely not. I would bet money that he didn't. I always say I would bet money. I'm like, I need to. The, well, probably because you're always controller. fucking betting money on. <laughs> I'm doing well, though. But anyway, sorry. Getting getting back on, on topic here. That's the agent's job is to get your client paid as much as possible. So you look at the Jacob Truba situation. Truba probably got overpaid. So he's saying he's trying to make that comparable to say, look. My client is as good as he is. He deserves $8 million. Now, he's probably not as good as Truba is, even though I think Truba got overpaid. And like everyone's been saying, the Oilers are probably going to come back and say, no, nah, you're much more of a Josh Morrissey. And that's what we want to pay you. That's 6 to 625, which honestly, I still think is too high. But I've already prepared myself that it's going to be in that number if it's a long-term deal. Because it will be. He's a, At the end of the day, Darnell Nurse is not a perfect defenseman, but he is a top four defenseman. And top four defensemen get paid. And he's 25 years old. Like, it's going to happen. He's not perfect. He makes mistakes. 
I wish his game had developed more, but he still does a lot of things really well. But I, I thought it was interesting that Bob McKenzie had said that where, yeah, you're walking him right to UFA, but the Oilers are also going to have a shit ton more cap space then. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that the bridge, right? Like we could also, if it doesn't work out over the next two years, like trade him again. For sure, right? Absolutely. trade. You could trade him halfway through next year. Like, yeah, without a doubt. And the other thing, I mean, I think not an $8 million contract, but if they signed him for seven years by six and a half, that's movable. If it was seven years at six and a half, like that's, that's acceptable. I don't think it's a good deal for the team, but I agree. Like that's not astronomically bad. I, I think the thing is though, why I like the idea of a two year is even though he's already 25, defensemen do continue to develop. I mean, like you see, oh, I don't think defensemen are at their peak until like 27 to 29, like for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So you might have to pay him more than you would have in two years. Like maybe in two years, he is an eight and a half million dollar defenseman. And they're like, fuck, we probably should have signed him for seven years when he was 25 at $8 million. Instead of now we have to pay him for eight years at eight or eight and a half. And we're paying him into his thirties or mid thirties. But at that point, at least you're, you're minimalizing the risk, right? Where it's like at 27 going into UFA, you're going to have a much better idea of who that player is and who he's going to be for the next five to eight years. Right now, you and I kind of rip on him as do a lot of people in the Oilers fan base. But right now it's probably pretty slim that any of us would think that he's going to be a bonafide number one defenseman. But if you refuse to pay him and trade him and then in two years he is... I'd rather be sure, keep him, pay him for two years, and be like, hell yeah, he developed into a number one defenseman, and then we have the issue that we're paying him $10.5 million when the cap has gone up with a new TV deal and all that stuff that we've talked about on previous episodes, you know? I don't know. It just, it just comes down to comparables, right? Which is what he's going to be pushing for with the whole Truba thing. But I, I just don't think that... I don't think even Truba's worth as much as he gets paid. Like, it's not that he's a bad defenseman either, but I don't think that... Like players are starting to get to the point where kind of everybody is getting overpaid again, right? Oh, well, and especially in youth, right? Where it's like you used to like I was listening to Chicklets and I think it was the Kachucks they had on there. Fuck Kachucks. But anyways, they were talking about contracts and Keith was saying how it's like you used to have to like pay your dues really, right? And then you got you got that big deal at like twenty nine. Teams would pay you for long term big money. And then you'd be good for like three years and they're like, you're stuck with a boat anchor. And now they're paying you for kind of what you've done, but what they're hoping you're going to turn into. Right. So that's the, like guys are getting paid at 23, 25. And that just hasn't always been the case. But anyways, we do need to move on to the game. Unfortunately, Kyle, unless, is there anything else you want to add on Darnell nurse? I'm with you on the comparable. I don't, I think Troop is overpaid and I honestly like as much as it pains me to say it, I think he's probably a better defenseman than nurses. I was upset when they were, the rumor was 6 million men for a long-term deal. I was. And the funny thing is, is doesn't that seem not that bad now? <laughs> yeah. No, it still does. I still think he's worth like a six year deal worth like 5 million to five point like two five maybe like fucking no see this is this is the downside so you sucked me back in i was so ready to move on so you look at clef bomb's deal how how many games had clef bomb played when he signed like 75 or something at the nhl level it was like not very it was under 100 or like barely like 120 maybe now i'm second guessing myself but like he had barely played a season and a half where you look at nurse and that's the downside right where it's like 
as much as I'd love to have him there and with nurses issues in his game, I can say, yeah, like it, that, that's what I'd like to pay him. But can you really say that like over the amount of like four years since Clefbaum signed, how much contracts have gone up? Can you really say in a long-term deal, he only deserves to make $1.2 million more than Clefbaum who Clefbaum himself is on an absolute steal to begin with. Like you're, you're not getting a perfect defenseman in today's NHL for $6 million. Like if nurse didn't have the flaws he did, he'd be worth 10. It's just hard to see. Like it's hard to see a player on the pairing below him get paid double that. Yeah. But I mean, man, in like another couple of years, cloth bomb's going to get fucking paid. <laughs> that's the thing is like, whenever you're comparing these contracts, you got to look at when they were signed. Like that's such a key thing, right? Like you look at, look at Shifley, look at McKinnon. Like those guys are probably going to get, well, maybe not Shifley, but McKinnon, if he wants to get paid, he'll make more than McDavid does. For sure. He will because contracts keep going up. I get that, man. Like, no, for sure. I know. I know you understand that, but it's still like, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, does it suck paying Nurse more than Clefbaum? But I don't know. I kind of get back to my main point, right? Where it's like, if Nurse didn't have the flaws, like if, if he was a high hockey IQ player and he was a good puck moving defenseman as far as passing, because he can't skate. If he was a high hockey, if, if he was that, he wouldn't have been on the bridge deal to begin with. No, I know. But let's say that he on this bridge deal that he's just expiring on. What if he got rid of those parts of his game and it's all of a sudden his hockey, I just uh, hockey IQ and it's then I would pay him $8 million, but he is not that that player. That's my point is he'd be worth 10 if that was the case. Then I would pay him that, but he's not worth $2 million less than that. No, I, I, what, motherfucker, you're asking me, you're, you're acting like I'm like, we should pay nurse eight. When have I said we should pay him eight? I'm just saying six is like, I feel like kind of reasonable. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. Is six though? Is six unreasonable? Because you said you wanted him at like five. Six, six is reasonable if it was seven years. Yeah, like, no, for sure. Me. If so, it was seven yeah, years, long done. Yeah. Right? If it's if it's any less than that, then absolutely not. If it's a five-year deal for six million or four-year deal for six I million. I mean, the good thing about a five-year deal is it only takes him to 30. And you can let him walk at that point. And you're not paying him. But, I mean, defensemen are also usually pretty good their first like two or three years as in their 30s. But anyways, we're getting long and I got to edit this today. I'm going to be up late. That's my plan. <laughs> I, yeah, fuck you. I enjoyed that that discussion for sure. And I'm right and you're wrong, Kyle, even though we were pretty much saying the same fucking things. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to that Arizona game finally. <laughs> yeah, so I, I honestly like, since you've gotten your spiel out twice before on the podcast about this game, I honestly, I don't think it was as bad. Like, did you think the effort was there from the Oilers? Um... I thought that it finally started to come there. Even in the first period, though, man, I know you said the four shots. I just thought that they were looking too often to make a pass before they were looking to shoot. For sure. Which was a a lot of it, right? I don't think that necessarily the effort was all gone. It was just not the team we saw last week. Not the team that looked like they were and could have been a contender. Here's the thing, though. And I I know I'm not saying you, you don't you're not going to agree with me here because I think you will. I watched that game and what I saw was pretty good effort from a team that just went through an absolute fucking battle two nights before or three nights before, I guess that was a little bit sloppy. I agree on the passing, but the effort was there largely guys were working their asses off and it just looked like one of those games that they just didn't really click. And I think that came from fatigue and a big emotional victory where I looked at it kind of where I was like, okay, Arizona gets up early. They had some insane puck luck. Like that goal 
that their second goal, Taylor Hall made a really nice pass on that first goal. Like good for him. Credit where credit is due. Lawson Krause's goal. Yeah. Shorthanded. The second goal was absolutely puck luck and really took away some momentum that Edmonton was building. And other than that, like Edmonton had really good possession numbers. They just weren't getting pucks through because Arizona was like, Oh, we're up one, nothing. We're going to trap you and clog up the middle and keep everything to the outside and play boring as fuck hockey and get the puck and get it to center and dump it in and change. And the other thing is look at how many big saves Ranta made. Like even the way Arizona played, we, if their goalie wasn't standing on his head, we easily could have won that game 4-2. I, I, you, you have to also think that Koskinen was the best player on our team, though. For sure. And, like, we definitely made... I'm not saying the Oilers played perfect. Like, we made some mistakes. But my big thing is, is, like, my... I'm trying to take it with a grain of salt when they lose because I've watched so many years of uninspired, lazy fucking Oilers hockey where, honestly, if the effort is there, I'm not going to rip on the team. Like, at the end of the day, it's an 82-game season. The best teams in the world, like Stanley Cup winning teams, St. Louis, Tampa, well, not Tampa's Stanley Cup winning, but those dominant teams in the regular season, they have shitty games where they just don't get the bounces. Koskinen played well. We didn't capitalize slash their goalie stood on their head. And it was a lot of just like score effects I found. We're like, I, for sure. I think that defensively didn't, we defensively, we didn't play terrible. And like, other than a couple mistakes. Yeah. I, I, and I agree on the second goal. Obviously it's a fucking shorthanded goal where it came across on the cross ice pass. And then it went on off cleft bomb skate, right. And went in, uh, I mean the, the first goal that the coyotes got was a nice goal by Garland, right. It got picked off by pretty sure bear threw it out and then got picked off. Yeah. It was um, bear, yeah. but, yeah, but uh, you know the the power play was still zero for three. Sure, and but looked credit to the PK at again. Times. They were three for three, right? And and yeah, for for sure they looked okay, but still probably passed too many times and couldn't put anything home. And yeah, credit to Ranta, sure, like he kept us out of it. But I mean, again, I'm gonna say it. Koskinen was the best player for the Oilers. He was. He he still finished the night with a nine two three save percentage. He played great and literally let in two goals that he pretty much had no chance in stopping. <laughs> yeah, and 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 if fatigue is such an issue, then I've got a fucking question too. Why is Tyler Benson not playing? See, that was one thing where I thought the Arizona game was the perfect game to put him in. After the Calgary game, I I'm I'm a hundred percent with you there. I don't know. Like the thing is too. Like I get when you have a guy called up. It's tough to say because we don't know what's happening on the ice as far as practice, right? And maybe Tippett is seeing things in practice where Benson's not just quite not getting their systems or or whatever and still has potential there and like just wants to work with him for another week. Because there's no like, if you're not going to play him at all, send him down. Like call up Gambardella and, you know, like if you're not going to play him, you might as well have your young guys down there. And I truly th- would be baffled if Holland and Tippett don't think the same thing. So it's coming, but I do agree. Like that seemed like the perfect game to put him in. I guess my thing is, is just when I went on social media, it was so much doom and gloom. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I know we're a little, like we can get a little loose and like joke around on the, on the podcast here. Both Kyle and I are absolute diehard Oilers fans. Like they affect my mood. When they have a shitty game and they don't show up, it wrecks my evening. And it pisses me off how much it does that. And I know Kyle's the same way. So I'm not trying to downplay where it's like, ah, they lost. Like, why is, what's everybody getting in a tiff about? I just, 
when I see that, maybe it's Oilers PTSD a little bit. But I'm like, they've been playing such good hockey. I'm not like, doom and not, gloom I, in it. I know no, there's I some know, of that. I know but, you're not yeah. saying that, but it's more, I, like not you specifically, Kyle, it's more social media and Reddit and, and stuff. Yeah, like, but I think you, every you read, fan base is like that, man. No, I, I'm sure. No, so maybe I'm just talking to hockey fans in general. Like, I just don't, like, I, I get it, but I don't. Like, the effort was there. We had some bad luck. Did they play great? No. But we outshot them. We outzone timed them. We outchanced them. And sometimes shit just doesn't click. And it was like, not all the fans, but there was like 20% of fans where just based off reading their tweets and their comments on Reddit, literally like the sky is falling again. And it's like, did you think they were going to win out the rest of the year and, and win the fucking president's trophy and go 16 and 0 and win the cup? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting to that, but. I'm just going to say, John, like I'm pretty stupid and I at least say things that like I think 50% of people probably can agree with. But there's some people online that are just insane. Like I just think that you can't even. Man, maybe that's on me. I can't save everybody, you know? <laughs> Not that I can really save anyone. But you know what I mean? It was just, I don't know. And that 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 put me in a worse mood than the game did, honestly. Like, so maybe that's why I was maybe the reason I'm positive about last night's game or Tuesday night's game for those listening on Thursday is I'm just overcompensating for the negativity from some fans. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But anyways, we do have the Sharks coming up on Thursday and we've also got the Predators on Saturday. So really looking forward to those two games and we will catch you guys on next Monday, I guess, to recap those games. Okay, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Oil Country Podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate the support. As far as our schedule, we do release episodes every Monday and Thursday through the Hockey Podcast Network. You can search them up on any podcast app, SoundCloud, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, the whole nine yards. The other new exciting thing that's going to be happening in the next uh, about a week into February is we are getting our own individual feeds with the Hockey Podcast Network. So you can still continue to subscribe to the main feed and get 31 teams podcasts in addition to the extra ones with Terry Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you want to just listen to us, if that's you're just looking for your Oilers fix, you can look up the Oil Country podcast feed presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. That's the best way to get our episodes as early as possible and auto-download those to your device or stream them or whatever you want to do. After you guys listen to us, if you want to get in contact with us or give us any feedback, we would love if you could hit us up on Twitter at at OilCountryPod or you can leave us a text or a voicemail at 587-415-2894. You can also reach us at www.oilcountrypodcast.com. We are a little bit late with updating our archived episodes, so we're a little bit behind there. We know most people listen to a feed, so we're not super, super concerned there, but that is on our to-do list. But you can contact us through there. If you want to be a guest on our show, leave a question for us. You can contact us through that website, and it's got a little bit more information for you there as well. One of the things, if you are enjoying what you're hearing from us, the thing you can do that helps us out the absolute most, obviously sharing on social media, et cetera, et cetera. But if you leave us a review, I know some services don't let you leave that review, but I know if you're on iTunes or Google Play, anything like that, if you leave us a positive review, five-star review, if you are really liking us, that helps us with the charts and to gain more listeners and everything like that. And it would be very much appreciated. 
The one last thing that we're going to do before we leave you is we want to give a shout out to our personal partner, Alley Cat Brewery in Edmonton, Alberta. If you go in there at any time, you can say THPN to your server and you'll get 10% off your bill. We are another exciting thing going on with Alley Cat. We are planning on recording a live episode at the end of the month when Kyle is in Edmonton. So we're going to do that on location keep that in mind. We're going to, we'll get you guys more details and everything like that as we get a little bit closer to the date. But if anybody wants to come in and meet us or sit in on a live recording, you can definitely do that. And we are super stoked to have uh, maybe just a couple beers at Alley Cat and see what happens with the night. I'm having more than a couple for sure. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you guys on next episode.